0: Hey everyone, welcome to Considered, a podcast where turtlenecks and good designs
1: thrive. I'm Dasha. And I'm Stephanie. And we're two industrial designers considering all things design.
0: Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Considered. This is the second part of our interview with Rob Letterer, who is an industrial designer and has had an incredible career in both Australia and Canada for the past 40 years. If you haven't listened to part one, I highly urge you guys to check out our previous episode where Rob discusses his early beginnings as a designer and how his move to Canada completely shifted his career. He talks about his journey as he went from designing a variety of products in Australia to establishing one of the first medical design communities. In Canada. In today's episode, we will discuss Rob's definition of design as well as how that definition shifted over the years of his career as he, along with other industrial designers, were challenged to design with human centered thought in mind. Listen on to learn more.
2: Someone asked me you know, what makes you know, really good designers besides all those technical stuff in your toolbox yeah you can you can do cad work yes you can draw yes you can do this but it's also an attitude
3: mm.
2: and i think that's the key and, and if you think about some of the really good designers they have and i use this word not in a negative sense but they have a bit of sense of arrogance mm. you got to Saying, you know, yeah. I could take on this project. I'll, I'll make something at the end that'll have value.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And it doesn't mean that it's going to be the best and no one else is ever going to come up with anything better. But you have that little bit of confidence and arrogance that, you know, I can do it. Hmm. And I see this... I mean, some people have big arrogance with it. And if you look at some <laughs> of the the so-called mm-hmm. rock stars, like Philip Stark and that. And when he talks, it's like, yeah, I, I, he designs everything. And Mark Newsom, they design everything from, you know, airplane seating to cars. Or because they have that confidence or that arrogance, I can design. And I, I, I got this, again, from when I was going through, we, had, uh, we used to have meetings with... Um, various heads of consultancies. And one time they had three of them in and we doing a whole um, Q&A, a little bit like this, and we're asking, and and one of the students asked um, the, the three um, designers, uh, you know, they're pretty well known in Australia at the time, uh, you know, what uh, would you like to design? And I think one said, oh, you know, you'd always like to design a car, and another one said something about Other stuff, and one of them said, which I thought was rather interesting. He said, "Whatever comes through the door, (laughs) the next project, you just like to design." Yeah,
3: yeah.
2: And towards the end of the meeting, and this stuck with me as part of my um, teaching, when um, they asked the instructors, there was two other instructors that were there. They asked instructors, they asked them, you know, okay, you know, in your program, what are you doing to prepare the students to come and work for us? Things. ...and one of the instructors answers, oh, you've got it all wrong. I'm not producing students to work for you. I'm producing students to put you out of business. (laughs) And I always thought that was a great answer. Why should we be training students to go work for, you know, old has-beens... ...but, you know, know, back in the regular thing just to be fodder? Mm -hmm. No, you should be the next leading edge of the design we should be putting out people there to put them out of business yeah
1: that's great that was a great answer and i
2: that stuck with me forever Hmm. yeah yeah i can do it i think that's what of the the seven of us that graduate realize is that we can take on anything
0: Hmm.
2: just give us a chance that was it
0: that's so that's so interesting yeah that definitely thank you <laughs> I feel
3: like
0: yeah. that gives well, us I've been a different
2: de- perspective. I've been teaching <laughs> long enough I think since 85 I've seen the trends and the changes and everything but there's one thing that I think uh, has stayed consistent is students going out there and trying things and hmm. being prepared I won't say to fail but being prepared to give it a go yeah
0: that's and that's, that's the key.
2: And yeah, it's always the way.
0: Yeah, I feel like that's what we're doing here as well with this podcast. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> trying it out, trying something, give it new. something. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
2: and I think that's the role of um, the role of a good instructor is not necessarily to, I will not say to teach, but is to provide opportunities mm. for students to learn and to grow. Um, and there's some. Funny examples. I mean, you know, I talk about Erin, who is designing at Nike. You know, we used to joke and we used to, you know, with her all the time, yeah. She would turn every project somehow into designing a shoe, <laughs> you know? And other programs might have said, oh, no, that's, you know, you've got to, you know, this is what we want. Well, no, if, you, if you're smart enough to be able to do that, then you can be you were smart enough to be a shoe designer and you can be smart enough to go and work for like for for, for for Nike. Mm. Yeah.
0: That's a good point. Yeah. It's it's interesting because like I look at our portfolios and even right now, um, I'm crap. going
2: the portfolios are crap. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to say it. Most out of undergrad it, I, I've talked to <laughs> students who who've, who've finish their you know, graduate degree in architecture and some of them look back and they say, you know, what we did we're fumbling around and say it was crap. Yeah. But it's it's not what's there, mm-hmm. it's what you learnt in in, in in doing in, in the journey. Mm. It's a journey. Design is a journey. You go through from first year to second year to third year when you do and each along that journey, you're picking up stuff. Mm. And you're picking up what fits you mm-hmm. as a designer? Mm-hmm. There's not one prescribed pathway. Every yeah. one of you is going to do a different pathway because mm-hmm. there's so many opportunities for designers to be in so many different areas and doing so many different things. Now, it, much greater than what I went through because we were very much slotted. You're industrial designers. You do that. Mm-hmm. Now designers are doing service design. They're working in all sorts of it, like medical design. We just mentioned. You know, everywhere. It's yeah. just about figuring out how to get in where you want to.
3: Hmm.
2: But Do you so have I'm
0: any advice for the new, newly graduated uh, designers?
2: Well, right now it's very tough because of uh, the issues that are surrounding us. But, uh, as I said, I, 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 a lot of my stuff that's happened to me has literally been by accident. Hmm. and. But part of that is because I've always been, you know, open to things around me, what was happening. I would literally take on any project, anything, just because I, I, you'd learn from it, mm-hmm. whether it was good or bad or mm-hmm. whether the stuff which you did was, was, was excellent or not. You learn something. Every project you learn something from. Um, and I, I kind of went, uh, as I said, I was working with... Um, the technical aids for the disabled. So they, I, you, you make contacts. It's, it's networking. Mm-hmm. It's the biggest thing. And also, don't be afraid to self-promote.
3: Mm.
2: The time I, when I went, I finished my degree. I just, I um, was just married, came here after I finished my undergraduate degree for, you know, it'd been for four years. I had pr- practically lived in that studio where we, were, we worked in. and uh, I wanted a holiday, so my wife and I came back here with my eldest at the time, and um, I went back, and right when I got back, there was a bit of a depression, you know, like recession in the market and everything, and so things weren't, there wasn't much happening. There was, um, because of that, one of the... Um, newspapers had put out, uh, put a section in their paper where you could promote yourself, hmm. that's what I did. I actually put an ad, <laughs> who I was, what I was doing, and Colin was looking at the time for an assistant uh, designer, because he was the only designer, uh, the other guy, the workshop manager, and so he rang me and said, come out." have a talk so I came in and talked to what I was doing and I, he hired me so it's about putting yourself out there a bit mm. and uh, self-promoting um, because it was kind of interesting I don't think he would have um, I don't think he would have put an ad in he was waiting for you know someone to tell him about it. oh yeah there's a kid who wants to do you know whatever um, and he was interested that I put that in and so I got hired and I was, it, was, it was a great experience. Um, it was kind of weird, but I mean, you know, I didn't know much about what, it was. I literally knew nothing about that whole area of, of, of um, design. Mm. But he was prepared to let, give me, you know, three months to get up to speed and I did. And it was crazy. Um, we had 12 P guys in the workshop and we were we were working on uh, million dollar contracts for um, public information systems for the state rail, you know. Yeah. In the old days, they used to have people turning dials for the next train going to something, and we turned it all to electronics. Wow! And so that's what I had to learn some programming as well. Came into use, but um, I was literally three hours producing drawings three hours ahead of the guys in the workshop
3: wow
2: it was pressure
3: yeah
0: it was fun
2: but it was pressure
0: exciting it was
2: because you know you've got 12 guys in the workshop (laughs) if they haven't got drawings they're standing around so we used to knock stuff out pretty quickly
3: that's pretty crazy
0: it was
2: and and it was all hand drawings Hmm. drafting Thank, wow. good, thank goodness I, I like drafting, <laughs> <laughs> but um, that's what he did. Hmm. But then we had all sorts of fun. We—he oh, was into sailing, so we, we, and he was into racing. So we built a five-point-five Olympic uh, boat. So I was designing a keel, you know, for that wow. some keel, and um, yeah, we would. So that was the great thing about that first job—is it was so mm. diverse. Mm. I did, you know, one minute I'd be working on with metal, then plastics, then you name it. It was, it was all sorts of materials.
0: You get to learn a lot. Yeah, I was doing.
2: Ext- I designed extrusion molds for aluminum. We had a hotel in Perth. There was five kilometers of balustrading glass and aluminum balustrading. We designed the. Uh, I designed the. Uh, the, um, the molds for that extrusion molds and so. You know, designing extrusion. I didn't know what. The, I'd never did that before. <laughs> so you ring up uh, the extrusion company, you go over there, you look at the drawings and you talk about it stuff, and then you, you design one. So, so it's no cool. different than what you guys do here. Mm-hmm. You know, you give it a go. Hmm. And it was successful.
0: That's pretty cool. Wow. The
2: funniest stuff was the stuff we did for the um, police. <laughs> oh. It was called the... A, a particular group we were doing this government work the other government departments came and looked for the odd stuff and it was a group called the tactical response
3: mm-hmm.
2: they only had one tactic and one response it was to beat the shit out of whatever was in front of them <laughs> so we were building them you know riot shields and batons and bomb search mirrors because at the time someone uh, was someone didn't like uh, family court uh, judges and were, were placing bombs in their homes and things like that so uh, and, and in, in law courts, so you know, they wanted some bomb search mirrors. Well, you f- figure out, well, what do, what do you need? Well, you know, they've got the movable tiles, so they want something that they could, strong enough they could push up, had a mirror, had a light, but of course it had to be non magnetic because in case the treatment device was magnetic. So you find out all these things, and so you just, you design something and they try it out. But the fun thing with that, that group was every Easter there was a motorcycle. Um, races in a town called Bathurst and the Hells Angel guys would, and all the biker gangs would set up well the, this group would go out there set up right in the middle and it was training so of course by the by the, you know, the evening these guys, the, the bikers were all drunk as hell and the fights would start and so this is how they would actually test equipment
0: wow and user were, testing they, 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 yeah it was
2: really interesting because they'd come back afterwards and say damn it you know there'd been a drought in the ground was really hard and so the bikers were bouncing rocks off the ground and hitting them in the shins because the shields wouldn't cover that so next year they came with shin pads and things like hockey shin pads so <laughs> it was really interesting it was it was wacky as hell but it was fun you know the guys had come back after the because you can't start beating up the Salvation Army band. Mm-hmm, but yeah. bikers, it's, you know no one cared. <laughs> you know, it was kind of, it <laughs> okay. kind of recognised. It was, it was a yearly fun thing for the bikers and the, the cops. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so we, we, we had all this. So they'd come back and say, can you design this? Yeah, okay. We'll do. But it was fun. So I love that type of ad hoc, you know, crazy stuff that came in.
0: Design really united you guys, huh?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't want to stand up against any of those uh, guys, the tactical guys. They were crazy. I mean, you know, they needed an outlet. Thank God they had the the bikers to. Otherwise, who knows who they'd be beating up.
0: Oh, my gosh.
2: <laughs> it's a to practice. But the, these are the guys that go in when there's prison riots. Oh, okay. And they literally break arms and legs and throw people into into you know, cells. So they, it's kind of a... They're kind of an odd group. My wife actually was uh, teaching psychology to, at, at, a, at the college there, where a lot of them would come and t- stuff, and she would say, oh, they're such nice guys, you know? <laughs> and one of the other people that were in the class said, yeah, but it's like a slight switch with these guys. You know? Well, same here. You've got people here, the police thing. They, they, yeah. they, they work out in the gym for half their shifts. Well, what do you expect them to do? Yeah. You know? That's yes. where there's a lot of the problems right now in the states with all the police, is because they're still working in that '60s mentality. Yeah, so it's like a
0: crazy light switch, huh? Oh yeah.
2: So, as I said, I had lots of fun <laughs> in terms of my early design um, work because I was doing awesome. oh, lots of stuff like that, which was kind of building from. Oh, what's happened here? Um, building everything from you know the light, light fittings and stuff to Police stuff, you know, it was crazy.
1: <laughs> that's so cool.
2: It was <laughs> uh, because I was cool. dealing with materials and processes for so many different things that, it, again, as I said, it, it creates that library of, of knowledge. And that's kind of with you, you know when you guys come and ask for advice and designs and stuff for like Kenny and I. And the, the only reason we can give you a sense of direction is not necessarily on the designs and stuff, or sometimes it's a Material choices. Sometimes it is about certain aspects of the design. It's only because we've screwed up more times than you have. We've, you, know, <laughs> you take you take you know thirty years of you know in that time quite a few failures. Mm-hmm. We all do. That says this. Well, you know, I wouldn't necessarily go down that way because this could happen or this could happen. Mm-hmm. So th- it's not that we're better designers. That's for sure, we're not. But it's because we've had more of an experience. And particularly in failures that we can advise you mm, maybe you shouldn't maybe try another way
0: that's so interesting huh well i wish i wish we would have gotten to know these crazy stories throughout the years i'm so <laughs> happy we get to do these podcasts because i feel like uh well, there's lots of crazy yeah, stories it's <laughs> awesome yeah and i know well, like one of the funny i'll tell you another oh, funny one. Oh yes there it is.
2: if you go down to stadium um uh LIT, mm-hmm. and you walk to the Commonwealth Stadium, there's these poles with sculptures on top of them.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: We did those here. Well, I mm. did them, and uh, Cesare and uh, a couple of students we did. And, well, the funniest thing is that, you know, we're told, oh, yeah, you're going to get them up there. They, gave, they delivered a scissor lift. And so we're saying, okay. And they said, You could do it. And we said, Yeah, we could do it. <laughs> and it was, the, oh, it was a comedy of errors. You know, you have to put on the safety harnesses. Yeah. Well, we put them on upside down. Oh my you know, God. We're trying to figure out what's this <laughs> happening here. So by the time we did it, and then, you know, to go up and to move forward and everything. Well, I was working the forward and back, Cesare was working the up and down. <laughs> you know. But like I said, we're prepared to give it a go, we will <laughs> figure it out. And we got them up there.
1: It's the mentality. It is. <laughs> mentality. It's an attitude.
2: <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah, okay, we've got to get them up there somehow. We'll try it. And I, I remember we had them um, We had them built. They were out of aluminum. And in the original proposal we gave them, they were they were coloured, which they are. But when we got them from the fabricator, where the welds and that they had ground and uh, clean them up, oh, they were they looked fantastic with all these kind of grinding marks all over them and we're driving down uh, uh Jasper Avenue I think it was about 104th Street and um we saw the she was she oh, just, uh, what was just what's her name Lyndall I think it was Lyndall she was head of the um uh, Arts Council because mm. she was that's who gave it we worked with it so in the middle of Jasper Avenue we pulled up and we Stopped and we said, look at this, we don't want to paint them, we want them like this. She says, no, you're supposed to paint them. So we're having this argument over painting <laughs> in the middle of Jasper Avenue with these sculptures. And so, you know, it was fun. I mean, these, these are things that you, you enjoy. I mean, you know, you, I think as designers, we're prepared to change in the middle of the project mm-hmm. to what we thought was better. Mm. But she said, no, nah, the, you know, Edmonton Transit wants them painted, so we're going to paint, because that's what they agreed to, so we painted them. Yeah, no, that was fun, but they're still, this still there. But, yeah, that was, again, they were, when the original thing, they wanted banners. Hmm. And we said, no, they're not going to last. They want things for 20 years. Yeah. Those things have been up there for 20 years, nearly. Oh, wow. And the colours are pretty good. They stayed up to it. That's and, great. again, you know, you have to research what finishes, where do you want. So, you know, there's a company in town here that makes a, a finish that works, that they do for the, um, for the oil industry. And so hmm. they mixed up the colours we wanted and we found a guy who they who usually paints rigs mm. because we didn't know. It. We were thinking, you know, we had them in the workshop there and we'd look and think and then we found out about the paint finish and we're looking at that stuff and Kenny and I are looking at it and I say, well, do you think we can do it? He says, are you crazy? <laughs> you know, we, we'll be here all for the next six months trying to paint these. <laughs> you know, we don't know what we're doing because you had to paint a, an, uh, an etching primer, then you had to do we took it over to this guy. He did it in like three days, and it was, God, it was so much cheaper. So, <laughs> you know, than us spending a month doing it. Yeah. But so you know, these, these are fun. These are fun projects. That's
0: awesome. Yeah, ah. we did that. I can't wait to do a, a lot more of those types of things in in our in our careers and.
2: Well, you know, <laughs> that, that was an interesting thing. Um, a lot of those kind of odd projects, they were here in town, and we just. And it was through networks that we got them.
1: Hmm. Putting yourself you know, out there.
2: Putting yourself out there.
1: Yeah.
2: And being prepared to take on whatever crazy project <laughs> comes up.
1: Yeah. I guess that's the interesting thing about Edmonton being so industrial, especially with the oil field up there. We, I feel like we have access to so much in terms of fabricating oh, yeah. and manufacturing that oh, sure. may be bigger hubs Maybe you wouldn't have as much access
2: well, to you. But again, if you look at one, two, six, yeah, they, 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 those two of them were quite interesting. Um, Brendan, when he finished, he came and worked here with us as a technician, and uh, then he did a bunch of different projects. Nick ended up working for a crane manufacturer, who, who, who they, I mean. They phoned up me um, because one of the people running in there was an ex-student mm-hmm. um, who's now heavily into service design. Mm-hmm. He'd be an interesting guy to talk to. Mm. Um, and so, you know, again, I get phone calls from people want someone to do some design. So he worked out there for a couple of years. And then the two of them being very good friends, they tried all different projects and they, they now they're doing really well mm. with. Um, the the designs and stuff that they're doing they did a big medical piece of medical equipment just recently oh wow it's a like a MRI uh, radiation scanner all in one type of thing again people here at the university have developed it they got in touch with me I got in touch with them saying these are the guys that you should use but we joked about it recently um, their uh, big one of their big selling items that they've been doing is those um, for open um, open office plans the the, the private booths.
1: The Loop phone booths. Mm. Yeah.
2: And uh, they were doing some promotion and I went to it and Nick and I were standing there talking and I said to him, I said, you know, in all honesty, if you had produced that as a class project, I probably would have given you a a C.
0: Really?
2: (laughs) Who wants a phone booth in an office space, you know? know, That's my, you know, come on, where do you think that is? They're selling hundreds of them. Yeah. So how much do uh, us as instructors know? Not a lot. But, you know, yes, we would have let him do it for sure and probably would have convinced us. But just thinking about it, mm-hmm. I would have said, no, I don't think that's a really, you know, such a great idea. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, you know, as I said, as, as instructors, it's not about what we think. It's about allowing... or. Giving the opportunities to the students to do what they think. Mm. That's more important than just, you know, whether we. And that, and sometimes that takes a bit of time. I think in the first year, people are always asking me, like almost, you know, what do I have to do to get an A? You know, what, what do you mm. want from me? What do you want? And, and with the, all the students in the first year, I said, whatever you give me. And <laughs> it, 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 it drives them nuts because. They're
1: <laughs> you know, racking their brains. They're <laughs> racking yeah.
2: their And Kenny even says that. You know, he says, look, if you just do what the project says, you'll get a B,
1: mm-hmm.
2: right? But if you want to get an A, do something different. Do something that you want to do. Mm-hmm. And that's what I usually find with the students. Now, as I said, Nick and I were laughing about, you know... I don't, he would have had to convince me that, that... But just off off the idea of that, you know, having a private booth thing... But he probably could have sold me on the idea mm-hmm. with, uh, you know... Because they must have done some research and stuff before they got into it. And that's that's the whole thing. It's about... Design is about validating your decision making,
3: mm.
2: and that's what it is. You've got to convince us that through your research, through whatever, whatever, whatever you've done, that this and that's getting back to Ken Robinson. You know, he said that uh, I think the, the thing about creativity is, is producing something that has value, mm. and mm. usually value to the user group that you're designing for. I've always found that that has been the benchmark of a good design, is that it has value to the user group that you're working for. And I've done that with a lot of the assistive devices and things like that, mm. is that it has no value to myself as an able-bodied person, but someone who has a challenge or a physical challenge, it, it can be significant. That's where that, that project on... Uh, aesthetics of disability is about Mm -hmm. you know what value does it have to the user if you can find that empathy and that connection then you're producing something of value otherwise it's just another you know widget
0: Mm -hmm. that's a good point everyone
2: can produce widgets and that's what we used to do when we were first learning design back in the 80s it was just widget design Mm
3: -hmm.
2: you produce you design something someone will buy well that's changed
3: yeah,
2: and so that's probably the biggest change from when I was a student to what the students now mm. we ask for that validation and I'll refer back to the work you did on the homeless
3: yeah
2: they, the, the, what you guys produced had value because mm. it was geared towards specific user groups and you were providing them with something of value mm. yeah
3: that's a really
0: good point I feel like that's definitely something that is my favorite part about design is having the chance to become so invested in the research that you're doing. It almost feels like you're not even coming up with something new. You're just letting the people who you're designing for really guide you. It almost feels like you're not even designing. It almost feels like you're just letting the... a lot of
2: that came out of the round, let's say round two... the century, two thousand, when it became, um, a lot of stuff started to become about user-centered. Mm-hmm. And I remember, again, back to my old time when I was talking, the design, we weren't necessarily as designers heavily invested in the design brief. We mm-hmm. were given design briefs by marketing, by engineering, by mm-hmm. the other groups. And I went to a conference in Milan, I think it was 2001, and it was an international conference and there were some really oh, kind of big design people, Lesi was there, all these people. And there was a a, a past um, instructor from here who's very well known in the in the visual communication field, Jorge Frescara, who's written numerous books and uh, was head of ICA Gradia International mm-hmm. and... Was, Taught, is taught, is there in, uh, he and his wife are in Switzerland now, he's teaching there. Um, he's retired, but he still does some teaching and writes books. And he was uh, uh, one of the editors of um, one of the, the design magazine uh, the design issues out of uh, Carnegie Mellon. He was internationally quite, quite high. And in his presentation at the conference, one of the things that stuck to me, he talked about the three phases in design. And you talked about, you know, a problem identifier. Mm -hmm. Then there's the problem solving, which has been the traditional design area we're we're in. And then there's the, you know, have I I been, have I solved any real problem? Have I been, what what has my design really done? Have I just merely moved the problem from one area to the other or have I actually been a design Mm -hmm. solver? So he said that, previously we've been really the dis- we've been stuck in that that middle one which is problem solvers which we do well that's our, our area being a problem identifier is that research which is to set up the design brief as it's supposed to be mm. a lot of companies now well, most companies now have designers in that arena to be part of the team that puts the design brief to recognize what needs to be designed what's the problem you know, Problem identification. Problem solver, yeah, we, we, we get into that big time. But have I been a problem reducer? Mm. Because not every design solves every every possible issue, but have I actually reduced, mm. have I actually helped? Have I actually produced something that has less problems? Because otherwise, if you don't, if you, if, if you haven't, then mm. you're merely kind of, you know, as he put it, you know, rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. Mm. You're not really, doing anything so he he said and that was 2001 i think that's where a lot of schools and a lot of design has changed is that we get you guys involved in the problem identification Mm. because without a good design brief it's like like they used to say about computers garbage in garbage out
3: Mm.
2: until you interview people Mm -hmm. and you talk to them and you find out some interesting things and have a really good understanding of the issues and have a framework and a methodology that's so, uh, is appropriate to it then your problem solving is not going to be very good mm. and you're definitely not going to be a problem reducer one of the um, more interesting th- things that came out of the blue um, one of our, my graduate students mm-hmm. is I think she's going to marry him soon um, He's he, he's been deaf since birth and <laughs> She was asking Chris if someone said, you know, we can give you something and you can hear for a day Mm -hmm. or whatever. And he said, but then I'd have to give up silence (laughs) or peace. Actually, Mm -hmm. I think it was peace. You have to give up peace. And both Erin and I went, we would never (laughs) have thought of that if we were making up personas and scenarios, that that would come out of an interview. Mm -hmm. Like... Like really, you know, yeah, you'd have to give up. Yeah, that, that's kind of interesting because when you think about all the sound and how tiring it is if you're in a noisy environment, yeah, you know, especially on like like Chris does on a on a building site.
3: Mm-hmm. Well,
2: he doesn't he doesn't get fatigued from all the noise because he doesn't hear anything. Yeah. But that w- those are the insights you get only when you deal with the real issues and the real person that you're trying that's to design cute. for. And I found that in lots and lots of cases. When I've been working with, um, to do with spinal cord, mm-hmm. like when I had um, Quinn, who only had uh, one finger movement, um, she could she could move her upper arms, but she was a higher lesion, mm-hmm. um, and I did those grips for her for the rowing, mm-hmm. and they had the Nike swoosh, mm. and we were talking about it, and she was performing better and subconsciously you know, we talked about about it and she said yeah you know with those things and the Nikes, switch rather than having those typical you know bandages things and metal hooks there, she said i start to feel you know you start to feel like you're a bit of an athlete
3: mm.
2: you know and she was actually that brought up some of her competitiveness so when she was rowing and someone next to her rowing she was starting to try to you know keep up with them
3: mm-hmm.
2: these yeah. little insights
3: mm-hmm.
2: you only get when you're dealing with the real thing yeah and i I've, i I've, again another one like that with the bariatrics when we were fitting them with the pannus support garment mm-hmm. um i was there um, and the commentary that was was interesting of how they were you know feeling after they got the garments that were holding their you know the excess pannus, and you know the interactions, the social interactions, one of them was there with them, with a mum and she had worn what she normally wears, which is kind of, a, uh, you know, workout pants and sloppy type and that. And we, she got the, the custom pants thing that was fitting her in that. and she puts on her clothing that she, she had. and Of course, the pants just dropped to the ground because, um, you know, this was all now slimmed out and mm-hmm. proportion. So first thing she said to her mum is, guess what, we're going shopping. Mm-hmm. And you could see her mum's eyes just light like up. So it has, it's not just for the youth, but if you look at the holistic thing, all the interactions, I guarantee you, this is probably the first time in X number of years that she and her mum were gonna go shopping for
3: mm-hmm. clothes,
2: all those types of things. It can change dynamics all around, social mm-hmm. dynamics all around. But you don't get that when you're dealing with the real subjects. So in the marketing, yeah, you can make up scenarios. But I don't think the um, the learning is as, as, as valid. One of the nice things about design, and we, we had this conversation many years back, not only in Australia, but a lot of design places. You know, you take certain professions which have certifications like engineers and various other things like that. And I know there was push once Many years back, I think it was in it was the uh, English, the Design Council in England. I think they were looking for certification in terms of designers. So, because at the moment anyone can call themselves a designer,
3: mm-hmm.
2: you can't call yourself an architect unless you're a certified architect. Same with engineering. And when that was discussed at a number of uh, conferences that I went to and things in the early turn of the century, 2000 to 2005, I was in Various companies, they would talk about should we be certified? And everyone said no. As soon as you do that, you're going to actually kill creativity because certification means you do this, you teach this, and that's it. Mm. You know, mechanical engineering, they, they, they exams that they've been the same for the last 20 years.
3: Yeah.
2: I don't think we can do it. Mm. I, I think it would, would be the death knell of design. If we were certified, because it, even though architects say they, they, they still have creativity, even though they're certified architects, but there's still a lot of restrictions.
1: Mm. That's interesting because I've heard like a lot of friends who will have taken design, but then feel like they need kind of this credit or accreditation in a sense, yeah. so they'll then go on maybe to architecture. For that, you know, like I really, like I got the credit, or like I'm, I'm certified. Um, so I, I think that's interesting because I, I know a lot of people sometimes feel that way.
2: Oh yeah, I mean, it's th- that that, that discussion is still going on. Yeah. You know, because they look, they keep saying, well, look, architecture is a, is a certification, but there's lots of, you know, creativity in that. Mm. But there's also a lot of, you know. Um, how can I say it? Um, restrictions? Mm. You know, people still feel that um, they're certified architect, but they still. But it, again, it, it depends on the, on the on the on the the product and the business, because every project, everything that we deal with, has some sort of know, boundaries, whether it's, uh, you know, a city um, planning program that restricts what the architects can do. They can only do three or four stories. If they want to do higher, they've got to go to various. So the, the there's always rules and regulations in everything.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, you can't just produce a, uh, bo- a plastic container out of anything. It's got to have the certified that it's uh, food safe and all that type of stuff. So we have that Mm
3: -hmm. in everything
2: we do. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: So I don't know if that's necessary that we have a certification that only you who's been certified as industrial designer can design that bottle. Yeah. I don't know if it's necessary. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: Something that I think it would also kill is that internationality that industrial design has. Like, for example, my uh, when we immigrated from Ukraine, um, yeah. My mom, right? She was a teacher for 20 years, means and then here. here it means absolutely nothing. Have <laughs> to start nothing. from scratch, even though she has taught for 20 years, different yeah. levels and ages, and even prepared with Montessori school, yeah. thinking that. But
2: see, that that's 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 the transportable thing about design. Mm-hmm. We have had students who've worked pretty well everywhere in the world. We've got students who are back who, who came here and is back in Australia designing Anton. We had a student, uh, I forget his name, and he was working for a company. He, he went to New York for a, the furniture show, met some company guys there from New Zealand, and we ended up going to New Zealand to design. And yeah, it's, 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 it's a very transportable mm-hmm. um, profession. Yeah. And um, again, it, it's, it's, it's how you present yourself. Mm-hmm. And we've got students who've been working in Europe, over the place. Um, yeah, they just myself I was in Australia, I came here and worked. Yeah. Wasn't it wasn't a big deal. I didn't have to worry about anything. I just getting finding projects.
3: Mm.
0: Yeah.
1: That's the benefit, eh? I think that's exciting because we're oh, not yes. we're yeah. not limited to, Absolutely. you know, oh I can only work in Canada because that's where I'm Credited, or that's where I'm certified. Mm -hmm. You know, if I want to go to uh, Australia or if I want to go to London, I mean, yeah.
2: Well, we have that. Uh, One of my uh, graduate students, uh, Michelle, um, she came from Winnipeg. She came here, did her masters. She worked for a local company called Kennedy. Mm -hmm. Then she went to um, London and she was just, she she was uh, doing all sorts of things and she ended up writing some articles for a magazine and she's now working with one of the, the biggest interior design companies, in, like in Europe, like, well, it's based in London. Hmm. And she's been working there for a number of years now. So, you know, like, it's, it's, it's. If I was to look at my design and what I've done, mm-hmm. the things I've been involved in, I, I don't look at it as a profession, it's more of a lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> really, yeah. it's been my lifestyle. Whether That's I've true. designed motorcycles for myself or I've designed, you know, coin-operated dartboards, you know, for someone. Yeah? It's, it's, it's a lifestyle. It's mm. more of a lifestyle than a profession. And and that's why I personally wouldn't like to see it certified. Hmm. Because I've created my niche Hmm. that satisfies me in terms of my professional work, satisfies me as far as my lifestyle.
0: That's fair.
2: So that's how I've been able to keep going as long as I have and I mean I get I, I get emails like from the engineering guys oh we've got this project can you come and help us with it and be, yeah okay I might, maybe no well, I've retired I don't feel like doing it you know? <laughs> it's 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 my lifestyle now it, it, it has always been yeah it's From when I first started I Yeah, you
0: can't retire from it essentially um,
2: <laughs> no I mean <laughs> even, even even well again you know talk about life, <laughs> my my with she's got four four kids and they've been at home in Washington DC for you know so I put together um, a little mosaic project for them hmm. with you know craft paper and that and they learned about how mosaics were done and the, how long ago they were done and all the different styles and so you know it's a lifestyle like you, 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 whether it's teaching design or doing design it's it's part of what I can do, and and you do it in all sorts of I- what might seem insignificant ways, mm-hmm. and I remember when I first came here, when or when I first went for away, and my kids were young, and we, you know here they had birthday parties and everything, and just like food for them, so I kind of. Most people yeah, you know, You'll get hot dogs, which are about this big, and you know. that. You know, well, kids will only eat half of it, and that's about it. The rest of it's thrown away. But you know, how you get those little, little <laughs> Franklin ones. Yeah. Well, I got those, and then I, I went to one of the bakers that I, didn't tell. I said, can you make me small hot dog buns? So they did. <laughs> so you made me small hot so we had, little hot dogs <laughs> for the kids, you know. And these other mothers, they go, going, oh, that's so so cool. And I'm going, it's just. It's a lifestyle. It's part of being a designer, you know. Yeah. I'm thinking the kids need to have food. I'm gonna give them little buns and little hot dogs. You a outsource
0: franker. a baker. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Drawing orthographics. That's what we do.
2: And to a, the actually, actually, yeah, I kind of said, yeah, I kinda of gave them the measurements of what I wanted. But that's what we do. That's a lifestyle. That's what yeah. designers do. You you look at things that you even as silly as things like that. And oh, that was the other thing. I, I I used the vacuum former and I I took a mold and I made these kind of mask shapes and they had the kids decorate them so they had these masks well that relates back to you know carnival in 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 venice you know where they all dress up with a mask yeah. so i did that you know and i produced a bunch of stuff and everyone i said oh that's so cool i said but it's kind of my lifestyle i'm not, what else are you going to do you know? <laughs> create something for the kids to eat and something for them to do as an activity for a birthday party yeah
0: I feel like designers make the best parents too, because I look at Ben oh, and yeah. I see his Instagram, and he three D uh, modeled these oh, yeah. crazy things for his children, so that they could oh. you know do some. What, what are the funniest
2: things with that SketchUp? You know, like you do SketchUp things. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, he would take pictures of his kids when they're little, and he'd, he'd put them like you know in, in various scenes and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, we would do you know. Doing all that type of stuff, I'd see these things and I'd be laughing my head off because you'd have one of the kids in some kind of know, yeah, like in ET or something like that mm-hmm. in the basket, you know. <laughs> and, and yeah, and, and after a while, I think his wife said, "Stop it." You know? <laughs> but, but you know, that's what we do. We kind of do those things, and we we find something that entertains us, and we'll take it to extremes. Yeah. But that's and that's why I say it's a lifestyle. That's fair.
0: Yeah. 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 And having fun with it too. Oh, absolutely.
2: Yeah. If you're not having fun, it's not worth doing. And that's part of how we operate. Mm. And I think you, when you, f- when we find that um, we do that, other people in other professions look at us. Like, you know, Mary, in, over, who's the Chair of Occupational, she says, if I had my time again, I'd be a designer. You guys have so <laughs> much fun, you know. It's true, Bec- yeah. But she's in one of those certified programs, and that's what she, you know. That's what they do, yeah. and they're very restrictive, uh, mm. where we, we we play and we do all sorts of things. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I've seen that with lots of things, and and again, you know, like, the, unfortunately we get, sometimes the things that we like to do in the fun become so restricted when so many layers of bureaucracy get put on top of us. Mm. I, used, I did it for two, three years. I was doing that project where I was bringing eight-year-olds in to work with the senior students, which was so much fun. Mm-hmm. We had all these crazy bits of furniture design, and that was so much fun. The energy didn't level in this lab, it, it was practically vibrating with all yeah. the kids and the, and, and the students. And all of a sudden, with all the ethics issues, we'd have to apply for this. And we, Literally, they were making us wanting to have a child psych a social worker in here in case one of the kids, you know, got upset or something. Like we're just playing, you know. Mm. But that's what happens with all the layers of bureaucracy that invade some of what what we do. Yeah. So it was was such a good project. Kids Mm. liked it, we liked it.
0: That would have
1: been. That sounds fun. fun. Yeah. It, yeah. Was,
2: it was because the whole pr- premise was as, as professionals, we go into meetings and sometimes we leave them and we say, Oh my God, I'm dealing with an eight year old. <laughs> so I said, You know what? We'll bring eight year olds in as, as your clients. Literally. Literally. And they had fun. And we had fun. The kids. Jordan, in fact, I think it was last year or the year before, one of um, Greg's 300 level uh, design fundamentals was a student who had be, had come in to that mm. had been one of our 8-year-olds. Stu- uh, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah. That's yeah.
3: really? So funny. F-
2: yeah. <laughs> and she said I just thought that was so cool what we were doing when we she she came in and became she's been doing design.
0: That's so funny. Full huh? C- full circle. Oh full yeah. Circle. Oh yeah. Wow. I mean
2: to me it's, it's it's a if you want it you want a uh, a project to um, you know what do they talk about it, you know, for 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 you know out uh, you know, enrollment, you know, or something like that. You couldn't beat that. Hmm. Kids came in here and they played and they had a chance to play, you know, with with making stuff on the computer hmm. and act one on one with the students hmm. and it was really a whole lot of fun.
0: That's amazing. And actually
2: the students learned a lot because what it, what we based it on was that the students would, that would come in with a drawing of a piece of furniture which had two or more functions. Mm. That was the basis of it. So we had, uh, you know, rocket chairs with uh, pizza storage <laughs> and um, electrified fence to keep the little brother out, things <laughs> like that. Oh, yeah, they were great stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so what the our students had to do is work with that, talk with them and figure out you know yeah we had we had stuck with rocket chairs and pizza deliveries and things like that in it but it was working with the student to find out exactly what they were looking for and so asking the type of probing questions that you could get information then they would create something and then the next class they'd work with what they created with mm. a, and the whole idea is what after you've had your first meeting what else could you as the designer bring into that conversation or mm-hmm. that design and then they too would work it out in the next session and then the final session they'd have the, f- the final piece done hmm. and it was about creating dialogue, creating in, um, conversation, asking questions finding out what was really wanted and then they'd give a, they'd make a poster with the, the design That's that awesome was, it was, Well you saw some of them, I think I showed you some and so yeah, it was great for the students great for the, the kids, they loved it they had so much fun Mm. And we did it with a variety of different schools. So it wasn't just uh, like the one up the road here. We worked with uh, McDonald One downtown and mm. we worked with a whole bunch of different schools.
3: That's so cool. We
2: did it for a few years. It was fun. Mm. And that's why you've got the big um, Toronto Rex, the big uh, oh, okay. one. We actually would, each year for, for the school, I would take would be like, we'd make a, out of the plywood six foot, some sort of dinosaur, six foot by six foot dinosaur. And, because, and I'd have a more marked. And so I'd go into the class after the end when they, they got their posters and everything, which they presented. Um, then they as a, as a thank you. I'd bring all the pieces in and give one piece to every kid and we'd just build it. Mm-hmm. And they'd they have it in the library or something or they'd have it in the classroom.
3: That's awesome. That's that, so cool. I mean, See, that's, that's what I'm saying. You
2: know, it's a lifestyle. We having fun. You know? they, they, the kids are giving us something for you guys. We give them something back. So it's, 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 it's fun. That's
0: awesome. For our listeners who might not know, currently in the ID uh, studio workshop, we have a flying, uh, what kind of I dinosaur I is wouldn't it? know. I'm not a dinosaur. Uh, we'll take a photo. Oh, yeah, we'll take a trace. photo. It's but it's like
2: about 10 foot across. Yeah, and all we <laughs> did was take the back box of those little ones yeah. and traced it out. That's awesome. And just put it on the CNC. That's awesome. Really <laughs> that's so funny. Wow. Yeah, building wow. it was fun. Yeah, that's oh, awesome. yeah, We had fun with that. But yeah, So, the, you know, that. that's, I think, again, getting back to that certification, if you've got a certifi- certified vocational thing like that you can't experiment Hmm. with different ways of learning and bringing in different odd projects and different things we've we've been evaluating changing from my first year classes I think we usually run things from one or two sessions and we change them for something else we look at the learning outcomes we want from it and why we're trying to do that the same with the senior Hmm. groups we change it Um, we were changing them quite a bit from you know, getting the clients in, all that type of stuff. And it goes along with the changes that are going on within the profession. Mm. Um, We never have, and we do not have, unfortunately, any specific course on what I would call service design. Mm. Yet that's a big area in design. So within the client thing, we get a little bit of it. I mean, except for the one you did was really a service design. You know, and so we do have. So, you've got to be flexible enough, in, 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 and and we can we we can do that, mm-hmm. which is kind of mm-hmm. why we, tr- we, we when you said how has it changed when I learned? Mm-hmm. Well, I can tell you an enormous change since when I started teaching here. Literally, pro, the program evolves nearly every significant changes every five years. Within that five year span, we change things quite significant. Mm-hmm. Because I think of the projects that I was doing, giving students in uh, 2000, 2005, 2010 to now, it's it's quite significantly different. Wow! Because you have to, and you know you keep up with what's going on through, um, you know, when you go to conferences and stuff like that, and uh, you keep reading up on from articles and belong. I was, I belong to the. Um, I did the IDSA, which is the American Association. Canadian one's not so great, but the American one was much better. Mm-hmm. And uh, they have an actual, before every, every, every conference that they have every year, their major one,
3: mm-hmm.
2: which is all for all the uh, professional work ones, they have a two day educators' conference. Mm-hmm. And so that's where we sit around and what's happening. We, so you'd, lo- you'd see what's happening in, in industry, because mm-hmm. you you at the conference there. Mm-hmm. and you see what's happening um, in the education. So you kind of see the marrying between them. Um, we Mary and I, two years ago, we presented at the first um, IDSA medical
3: mm.
2: conference. So we presented that. So it was interesting to see there was a mixture there of industry and education. Wow. So it was interesting to see what was happening and how... Um, the research projects were being done and what was being taught in various schools and what uh, was happening in industry. So I think that is part of our, I guess, as an educator, it's an important factor to stay relevant. Mm. It's so easy to just keep doing the same projects over and over um, each year. But as... I mentioned before about it being a lifestyle I think I'd shoot myself if I did the <laughs> same project three times in a row that's it's true it's just so boring it drives us nuts yeah I couldn't do it I think as designers we're too curious we can't do that yeah I, if you asked me to do a project and produce a, dis, a design and I do it and then you say oh that's great can you do can you make me 50 of those
3: mm-hmm
2: No way. (laughs) It's because it 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 doesn't. There's no excitement in doing it over and over again. Doing the first one, creating the designs, and that's what that's the that's the exciting part. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: To just continually do the same thing over and over again. That's why when that first job came about with the uh, the, it was a very large um, international uh, cardboard company that does point of sales display. I thought about. I thought, do I really want to be just Bending cardboard for the rest of my life was, it, you know, the first one and two might be exciting, but after that, mm. wouldn't it wouldn't hold my attention much? Not as much as making bomb search mirrors and <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> other stuff. That was far more exciting because I never knew what was going to come up. Colin, Colin would go out and come back and say, "Oh, we gotta do, we've got to do. We got. I need some, you know, uh, ideas and some quick sketches because." Um, they want something for, you know, I've got another meeting tomorrow. So I would literally sit there and for three hours, knock out something that he would in sketch forms and stuff, and he'd take it into to a meeting the next day. Hmm. And if we got the contract, then I'd have to sit down and design it. And that was it, and that was great. Hmm. You know, it was exciting. That it's different. And cool. um, hmm. But if you're dealing with the same material cardboard, <laughs> there's only so much you can do with it, I think. <laughs>
0: you know. Yeah, you need more excitement.
3: Yeah.
2: I mean, I'm sh- there's designers who do it, and I'm sure they find it incredibly exciting. <laughs> but that's why I keep saying it's a you know, there's personalities take into it. I, 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 you know, I don't think I could have done it.
0: Yeah, that's for sure. I also definitely think that there's a. Uh, at least here on campus, there's like an industrial design personality. Like when you walk into the industrial design building, it's always so lively, loud, crazy. There's like projects everywhere. There's sawdust everywhere. And then in comparison, when you walk into the visual communication design building, it's like spotless clean, (laughs) not a sound. White walls. White walls, (laughs) beautiful posters hanging up, very symmetrical. And those kids, when they walk into our building, they're like, they don't want to touch anything. I don't even think they want to sit on anything because it's so oh, no,
2: crazy but, but,
3: here.
0: But, you know, it's, it's
2: it, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I know what you're talking, I know what you're saying there because I think there really is, I, I remember when I went through too, it was the same thing. Uh, we, the building had four floors, that's right. There was industrial design, visual communication, interior design, and fashion and textile. Mm-hmm. So there was the four, 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 four uh floors in each each um, department had their own floor. And there were significantly different um, atmospheres mm. when you went to the different floors. Because, I mean, I, if I was doing something and I needed some, like, uh, fabrics stuff, so I'd go up to the,
1: mm-hmm. you
2: know, the fashion textile and that. And uh, it was... They were interesting. It was, but I, I agree with you. There There is a um, significant... Um,
3: culture
2: mm-hmm. um, created in, 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 in these buildings. And, that w- and that's an interesting um, development because we, a number of, a couple of years back, oh, probably about six years back, there was a, a, a proposal that they were going to build um, a campus downtown mm. and we were going to go down there. And there was a lot of discussion. The architects that were going to do it came in. I won't go through all the politics and everything, but it never happened. But the architects came in and they wanted to um, talk about what we needed. Mm-hmm. And one of the architects had come through our program and then he's now in his 40s. 50s, he was here before I was. And um, it was an architectural firm out of Vancouver, uh, Bing Tong. And they came in. And they'd visited everywhere and then they came in here
3: mm-hmm.
2: and we're walking around and walking around and being from an architectural school, which is similar to what we've got here you know they were saying you know that was going to be their biggest challenge was to how can we create a space that will have the same cultural feeling as this building has mm-hmm. because they realise that it, having that it's not just the people but I'll, I'll say sometimes it's it's helpful to have certain people like Kenny
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know who who is prepared to let everything and anything go in a way without hurting people but he's up for any <laughs> thing person wants to try you know yeah we'll, we'll figure it out and that kind of sense of, of of I won't say chaos, but it's organised kind of creative things where things allowed to happen, whatever. Um, they were really concerned. That was one of their chief concerns. And when they came through here and we, they could see the students working and how we things that were happening, they're saying. How can we create a space that allows that to occur? Mm -hmm. And the difference you'll find is when you go over to engineering, Mm -hmm. the dean at the time would not allow anything to be put on the walls, no posters, no nothing. All the instructors have these little rabbit, kind of like rabbit warrens. It's it's dead. Mm -hmm. It has no life to it. It's soulless. Um, This place has always had a uniqueness to it. it's it's the culture of what goes on here. And it's always had it. Even when I first came here, um, it's not something that I or any of us have produced. It's just always been that way here. Mm. And that's one of the reasons why I think we've resisted moving like over to Fab or anywhere like that Mm -hmm. in this room. We prefer to be in this uh, our own little... Structure with its own, with this unique kind of culture. It's true. And it's noticeable when people who aren't part of it come in, like everyone turns their heads because they just don't look like they belong.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: You, it's, <laughs> you know, when, you know, doesn't matter. You know. you know, whether you know them from first year, second year, third year, irrespective, there's something about when they walk in, yeah, they belong here, or yeah. who are you? And i can't put my finger on it or what it is i think it's a lot of and that and that's what um the architects were saying they were saying oh it's so you know this is the studio atmosphere that they were like Mm -hmm. they liked and they were used to and they were going to some of the other spaces like within drama and music and everything. and they were just going oh god this is you know we'll just give them four walls and they can do what they want Mm. but they were really concerned how they could create spaces that have that
3: mm-hmm.
2: ability to have that happen yeah. and I, we had that in in Australia when I those floors that went they're all unique and we had our own culture like in the d- industrial design one it was just it was great you know it was similar to what was here you know people mm. would be sleeping on beanbags in the corner and we'd worked all hours and uh, all nighters and things like that Yeah. and uh, yes when you went up to the VCD room it was <laughs> it was very if it wasn't on a grid it didn't exist <laughs> and it's funny it's so funny when we've done exhibitions up in Fab Gallery and the tiles you know how they look great you know I'll put stuff around like that and the BCD, if I'm working with someone, it has to line up with the, the <laughs> tile. The grid. W- otherwise, a grid. It, you can see them. They're like, but going, no, I, I can't like it because it's got a bit of breathing space on this. Side. No, it has to line up. And, that, and Kenny and I we always laugh about that. Yeah. So sometimes we just purposely move something out of the line <laughs> just to just to just to get them stirred up. That's yeah. so funny. But it, is, but it is. That's a difference mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. approach and a difference yeah. in the culture. Yeah.
0: You know, speaking of the culture, our our podcast has a bit of a like, the logo of our podcast, it's actually a black turtleneck. Yeah. And we always talk about that if you like design and you find yourself wearing black turtlenecks, funky glasses, and uh, some Blundstone boots, then you oh probably yeah. found the right place for uh, you. Uh,
2: <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. We had a, 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 um, <laughs> a uh, guest lecturer come in here, and he worked for um, Braun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was, there was a conference somewhere and he came here and we had him in here talking about stuff and one of the instructors was so funny because he was, you know, typical German, he had the monochrome thing going and we were talking about how Braun is all monochrome and it took him years before they put the little blue dots, the grips and, you know, we just went on about it, you know, one of the instructors was just having fun and he, he, but it was interesting because he said it was so easy to keep monochrome the black and white and all mm-hmm. that because he said as soon as you open to color <laughs> it's chaos and so you know the German mentality was like we can't have that you know this is this is this is clean and clear and we just we'll keep to the yeah. the black and white to the tradition monochrome <laughs> and so yeah it's it, I think it is because well, that's one of the hardest things in, with this in design mm-hmm. is, is color I think uh, I think in some ways uh, we're paranoid about color that's why they may be dressing the black and everything, because it's easy to be.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I feel like we've learned so much about you. Well, you're going to
2: edit half of it out, so it's okay. No, (laughs) No,
0: that's not true. You never really know the people who are teaching you so well. And I feel like we're just scratching the surface, um, getting to know you guys a little bit better. But it's it's such an amazing opportunity to do this, to interview people who come from such incredible backgrounds. Best and to do
2: it when we're retired, because then there's no, co- <laughs> there's, no, there's no consequence to it. No, no.
0: <laughs> no, it's awesome. Thank you so much. What an incredible first interview with our guest, Rob Letter. As always, guys, we will post some pictures of Rob's work and his social media links on our Instagram at Consider Design Podcast. Thank you for tuning in, and remember, next time you design, be helpful, be thoughtful, and be considerate.